Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 21st, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, my next episode of Tell Me More will be coming out on Saturday. I am talking to one of the managing directors of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, Austin Titchener. He has been an idol of mine for decades, um, and he, the Reduced Shakespeare Company has recently released a pop-up Shakespeare book, and it's fantastic. So we talk about that. Um, I'm really excited for everybody to hear this conversation. I, I love the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and I, and I have been a fan of Austin for years and years and years. So uh, tune in to the Broadway Radio feed on Saturday to hear that. Okay, first up in the news, Donna, the Donna Summer Musical, finds its three Donna. Donna's, Donna's, sorry. Uh, yeah, Jean. Donai? Donai, it could be, you know. You know, Latin uh, words ended in A, and that's how... Anyway, yes, mm-hmm. James, we've discussed this show before. Uh, that's my two years of high school Latin that I don't remember anything from <laughs> yakta alia est that's all i've got anyway we've t- used it today there you go first time in decades anyway james we've talked about this show a couple times before we even told you a few weeks ago to expect an announcement confirming recent this week on broadway guest ariana debose as one of the three women playing donna summer at different stages in her career and life well that announcement came yesterday when it was officially announced that ari would be playing disco donna storm lever would be playing duckling donna Donna, and the great Tony winner LaShans would be playing Diva Donna. Are you laughing at Duckling Donna, James? Is that? Du- I'm not sure what Duckling Donna means. I think you know it's kind of like the the ugly duckling blossoming into the swan. So it's probably her awkward younger oh, age. That's what I'm okay. guessing. Anyway, Summer the Donna Summer musical features a book by the great Coleman Domingo, Robert Carey, and Des McEnough. Des also directs. Sergio Trujillo choreographs, and Ron Melrose is the music supervisor. The show will begin mm. performances at California's La Jolla Play. House on November 7th, and it's currently scheduled to run through December 17th. Although, based on McEnough's other new bio musical currently playing in California, I would imagine that there's some room for an extension or two. We also learned yesterday the rest of the show's cast, and we will have a link to that information in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. But James, between this and Ain't Too Proud, the Temptations bio musical, the other show I mentioned uh, a second ago that Des is directing, and which we'll also talk about again here in a second. I wonder which one of these will make it to Broadway first, because honestly, I would be shocked if they didn't both end up in New York sooner rather than later. So uh, Des is uh, racking it up. That's uh, <laughs> that's very interesting that, that he's got two things going on just at once. He could be um, kind of like Andrew Lloyd Webber competing against <laughs> himself in those award ceremonies in June. Absolutely. Well, if, if these two shows both make it to New York... Uh, anytime in the near future, imagine Des would have Ain't Too Proud and Donna Summer's musical along with Jersey Boys returning off-Broadway. He would have three rock and roll, you know, pop music type bio musicals in New York playing at the same time. Don't you think it's time for a revival of Tommy? <clears throat> Des did that one as well. So uh, let's do it. I, I think we could always use a revival of uh, of Tommy. All right. I'm a sensation and showing casting news. What's going on? All right, James. As I mentioned, Ain't Too Proud, the Temptations bio musical directed by Des McEnough and choreographed by Sergio Trujillo has extended again at the Berkeley Rep out in California. It will now run through November 5th with a book by play- playwright Dominique Morisot. The show stars Broadway's original comfort counselor, Mitch Mahoney, Derek Baskin <laughs> as Temptations founder, Otis Williams. I love me some spelling bee. Uh, with the buzz that this show is getting in California, it could 
could be jockeying for a Broadway theater as early as this spring or potentially in the fall. Moving off Broadway, James, yesterday it was announced that slacker Danny himself, Max Crum, will star opposite Lucy DeVito, who was great in the speech and debate film from earlier this year. In a new play called Hot Mess, it is a romantic comedy from Dan Rothenberg. The show, directed by Jonathan Silverstein, will play the Jerry Orbach Theater, rest in peace, beginning on November 7th. Paul Molnar will play a handful of other characters in the show as well. In the play, Angstred and Max played by Max, and mildly unstable Eleanor, our soulmates. They have revealed every crazy and embarrassing quirk to each other, which has only brought them closer. However, there is one issue that Max is holding on to. Eleanor has discussed her ex-boyfriends with Max. Max hasn't mentioned his. Hot Mess provides uh, proves that sometimes, in order to find yourself, you have to get lost. And then finally in this section, also off-Broadway, the Irish rep announced on Wednesday that they would be bringing back their immersive adaptation of The Dead 1984 based on the James Joyce book The Dead. The show ran at the rep last November 19th through January 7th, and this year will run from November 18th through January 7th. The cast has not been announced for this return engagement, but the last run featured the talents of the great Kate Burton and the record-setting Tony winner Boyd Gaines. Wow. That's exciting. Uh, next up in the news, the Public and the Shakespeare Society announce a new initiative. Yeah, James, earlier this week, the Public Theater and the Shakespeare Society announced that they would be joining forces to form the new Public Shakespeare Initiative under the leadership of longtime Shakespeare Society Artistic Director Michael Sexton. The Public Shakespeare Initiative's wide range of programming will include larger Public Shakespeare Presents events, blending incisive commentary by scholars and other thinkers with compelling live performances by artists of all disciplines, Intimate talks giving audiences unique insight into the artistic and intellectual process of leading Shakespeare practitioners working in the theater and much, much more. The season will kick off on October 1st at 7 p.m. at Joe's Pub with Public Shakespeare Talks and Justice for All. It's Public Shakespeare Talks is the name. And then this specific one is And Justice for All. And then the fall season will continue on the 16th of October with Public Shakespeare Presents Joe, Will, and the Naked Hamlet. I'll let you read a little bit more about that. Um, and, and we've got a whole list of their entire season in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. But, uh, James, I think this is really interesting because we think of the public theater for, you know, especially recently with new musicals like Fun Home and Hamilton. But we also forget, you know, they have a huge history of not only doing Shakespeare in the park, but doing things like this recent Hamlet um, with Sam Gold as the director. They really are a company that has been... Um, that that has had Shakespeare in its DNA from the very beginning, including um, you know uh, um, uh, oh the musical Two Gentlemen of Verona, the the musical adaptation that won uh, Best Musical uh, back in the seventies. You know, so they have Shakespeare in their DNA. So I think this is great that they're getting back to those roots, not getting back or re-strengthening those yeah. roots. Mm-hmm. Redoubling our efforts, as they say in DC. Yeah. Double, double toil and trouble our efforts. <gasps> Oh, my God. Why didn't this lead the show? <laughs> oh, my God, Matt. Beyonce continues her Broadway binge. Yes. Um, I'm speaking of a much more <laughs> reputable source here, James. Page six. <laughs> Page six uh, reported that Beyonce, the Queen Bay herself, uh, visited Broadway's Aladdin on Tuesday night, less than a week after visiting uh, the cast of Dear Evan Hansen after seeing the performance. Apparently, according to a Page Six source, quote, she seemed to love the show. I, I mean, 
she's she's had some acting experience, so even if she didn't love it, I would expect her to at least act like she did. Uh, anyway, uh, Beyonce was not able to make a backstage visit following the performance, much to the, I'm sure, dismay of the cast. But James, I gotta tell you, you know, Beyonce is uh, has musical theater experience at least um, on screen. She was in the uh, the the Dreamgirls musical. I wouldn't mind seeing her as a replacement uh, Angelica in Hamilton. I mean, if she's willing to replace. I mean, she loves Broadway this much. She could probably do a uh, a mean satisfied. If you mean replace as in I'll do the movie, sure. Perhaps. I think she could do that as well. But, hey, if she wants to get her Broadway cred on, there's worse opportunities for her to get on stage than uh, than Hamilton. That's true. All right. So this week's theater throwback. Uh, yeah, James, uh, Daniela Parcell is back with this week's theater throwback, one that I think some of our listeners might actually remember fairly well. Hi, everybody. This is Daniela Parcell, and I'm here with another theater throwback. Last week, I talked about the marquee lighting of the Stephen Sondheim Theater. If you would like to hear more about that, you can head over to Today on Broadway for Thursday, September 14th. Today, we're going back to the not-so-final performance of the latest Broadway production of Kiss Me Kate. The revival was supposed to play its final performance on Sunday, September 23rd, 2001. But that night, Playball.com published an interesting headline. Company Generosity Resurrects Broadway's Kiss Me Kate. As that headline suggests, closing night did not go according to plan. Kiss Me Kate's closing notice was among many that came in the wake of the September 11th attacks. The devastation and destruction pushed people away from the city, and therefore from the theaters, creating a financial danger for Broadway. In response, the cast and crews of a handful of Broadway shows agreed to take a 25% pay cut, this would theoretically save the show some money and allow them to keep running through the aftermath of the tragedy. Kiss Me Kate did not accept this cut. According to producers, 25% would not be enough. The show needed its company to accept at least a 50% pay cut in order to stay open. This was rejected by union leaders as unworkable, and consequently, Kiss Me Kate posted its closing notice for September 23rd. The company, however, had other plans. In what the article calls an 11th hour bid of generosity and team spirit, the producers announced on closing night that the company would indeed accept that 25% salary cut, and on top of that, would donate another 25% each to purchase tickets to the show. These tickets would be distributed to Broadway Cares, who would then allocate them to relief workers, volunteers, and families who were displaced by the tragedy. According to another article from the New York Times, producer Roger Berland actually came on stage and tore up the closing notice before the supposedly final matinee. This plan was only supposed to save the show for another two weeks, but the enormous generosity shown by the company actually inspired ticket buyers, and Kiss Me Kate ran until the end of the year. In a press release, cast and crew members stated that by helping to keep Kiss Me Kate open and another Broadway show lit, They were taking a stand by not allowing the events of the crisis to diminish what Broadway and New York had to offer. Also this week in theater history, on September 22, 1964, the original Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof opened at the Imperial Theater, 
And on September 21st, 1966, the first Broadway revival of Annie Get Your Gun opened, with Ethel Merman returning to the starring role she'd originated back in 1946. On September 18, 1975, the musician strike shut down nine Broadway shows, including A Chorus Line, Candide, Chicago, and Greece. And on September 20, 2001, the original Broadway production of Urinetown opened at the Henry Miller Theater. That is all for this week. Thank you for listening. Again, this is Daniela Parcell. You can follow me on Twitter at Daniela Parcell, and I'll be back next week with another theater throwback. Okay, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt and subscribe to Something Like a Pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayVideo.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us, and we'll be back and wrap up the week tomorrow. Mm-hmm.